0: Welcome to Getting In, a college coach conversation. On this show, the team of experts from Bright Horizons College Coach aim to demystify college admissions and finance, from building a well-balanced college list and developing a payment strategy to creating a high school plan and more. Each episode will help guide your family through various steps of the process. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. I'm Sally Ganga from College Coach. Um, we're continuing with our Niche College series, and I'm lucky enough to talk to Sarah uh Director of Admissions of Embry-Riddle Aeronautical Institute. And then after that, I'll be speaking with Joy Brown, Senior Director of Admission at George Fox College. Joy also worked at and attended Pepperdine University, so I will ask her a few questions about Christian colleges in general. And last, I'll be talking with Dan Combs, a college coach finance expert, about all the paperwork parents need to complete when their student goes to college. But for this first segment, I'm talking with Sarah. Welcome, Sarah. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks so much for joining. And um I realize I should have asked you how to pronounce your name. I hope I got it somewhat right.
2: You're very close. It's Bofferding
1: Boffording. So not yeah. Boferting, but Bofferding. Okay, that Correct. makes sense with the double F. So yeah. okay. All right. All right. Well, um, so I wanna like dig right in. I mean, I've always been kind of interested in finding out more about Embry Riddle. It was not a college I would have looked at. I was a history major. It was, you know, not. Interested in aeronautics beyond just how planes could get me where I wanted to go. (laughs) Um, But thank goodness there are institutes like that out there. So I was wondering if you could sort of say, what is Embry-Riddle? Like, let's just start with the basics.
2: Absolutely. So um, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, we're a private institution. Um, We actually have two residential campuses. So I'm at the campus here in Prescott, Arizona and we have another campus in Daytona Beach, Florida. There's also a third entity of Embry-Riddle, which is our online worldwide campus. So um, lots of different modalities for our students, but we specialize in aviation, aerospace, security and intelligence education. So lots of people know us if they wanna be a pilot or they wanna be an astronaut or they wanna be a rocket scientist. Um, But as mentioned, we've got a lot of other degrees. We've got degree programs in global security, Um, And cyber intelligence, which can lead students to career paths with the FBI and CIA. Um, We've got anything that kind of relates to aviation and aerospace with astronomy, air traffic control, um, computer engineering, electrical engineering, um, all sorts of great offerings there. And all of our programs are four-year programs and we have graduate degrees as well.
1: Okay. Yeah. I think I saw like business as well, like the business of kind of flight, absolutely, Um, which is, I think, Important because it's always good to be well-rounded. But I, I do whenever I think about STEM schools, mm-hmm. think about what happens if that students in those hardcore physics and engineering courses and go, this isn't for me. Right. Like it's good. So there are other options there. It seems.
2: There absolutely are. So with the business side of things, that's kind of a new realm for us at Embry Riddle. But we've got aviation business to kind of lead students to working for an airline or working for an airport or an aviation-based company, but then we've also got global business and supply chain management. Um, We've got a forensic accounting and fraud examination degree. So we're kind of branching into some of those fields as well, because you're absolutely right. They might come into us gung-ho thinking they want to be an engineer and then realizing, gosh, that's a lot of calculus and a lot of physics. But I still kind of like aviation and aerospace, so it allows for them to transition hmm.
1: OK. And it's interesting that you have two campuses. I mean, if people want warm weather, you guys have it covered like that. We do. And like sunshine. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Warm weather and sunshine. You are all set. So tell me about the two campuses. I'm kind of curious about the history behind that.
2: Yeah. So Embry-Riddle, um, the, the campus that it started out with our Daytona Beach, Florida campus, um, that's our larger campus. We've got about seven thousand students out there. And then for our campus here in Prescott, we opened it up in the mid-70s, um, and we've got about 3,000, 3,100 students here. So relatively small, smaller universities in the whole sense of college and university. But again, that kind of goes in with our niche and the programs that we offer. Um, we share the same degree programs that Embry-Riddle is known for at our two residential campuses. So like the flight degree, the engineering degrees. And then there are some specialties per campus. So I mentioned the cyber intel and the global security. Those are unique to our campus here in Arizona. Um, And then our campus in Florida has more of the graduate programs that the university does have to offer.
1: So you really do have, I mean, cybersecurity, obviously computer science is is. Mm -hmm. Like if students want to go into computer science, but like with that cybersecurity focus, yeah. you're you must be a very good place. And I'm just going to put I have a friend who used to work at IBM and now is in uh, works for another company. And uh, she says cybersecurity is very sought after.
2: Yes, it's, such a, it's I think the last time we checked, it was projected um, growth. in that job was over like 35 percent. Um, And something that's unique about Ember Riddle with our niche is that aviation and aerospace are relatively established fields, um, but they're ever evolving and they're ever changing, which is great for our students and our programs. Um, But with cybersecurity and global security, those are relatively newer types of fields that have only been around for 20 years or so. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's lots of potential there for our students in a variety of fields. Almost every company nowadays has a cyber intel Aspect to it. Um, You know, I always like to tell prospective students, how long were you on your phone today? You were on your phone a lot. Um, You know, we're paying for things on our phone, we're doing everything technological, and the security measures are going to need to be in place to protect us from those things.
1: Yeah, I was listening to, I think it was NPR, and they were talking about like um, uh, ransom attacks (laughs) on hospitals, you know, which is terrifying. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so good, good place to go. Um, So let's talk about the kind of student that's going to be really best suited for this type of school, because it is, I love these niche colleges, but I think what's very important is to find the right student. For the right student, they're amazing, Mm -hmm. but you want to find the right one. So who do you think is best suited for it?
2: Yeah, so the best students for Ember, Riddle are students who are obviously interested in our realm of aviation, aerospace, you know, security and intelligence. Um, but our student, when I think of our student body and what describes them, I think of focused and I think of driven, um, they're just, they're motivated. You know, when I, I tell families, my job as an admissions counselor is easy because I don't have the students that are undecided when they submit their application. They've known that they've had an interest in being a pilot, or they've had an interest in astronomy since they were young. And that interest has kind of propelled them forward and motivated them throughout their their time in school. Um, But students who are obviously, since we are STEM university, math and science oriented is a big deal for us. Um, But we also like to see just well-rounded students. In our admissions process, we don't just look at the GPA or the test scores, but we try to see extracurricular activities. We try to see um, perhaps, you know, they're in the first robotics team at school or they're Um, Even if they're in the marching band or they play a sport, all of those, you know, those characteristics tell us something about the student. So we're looking for a a well-rounded individual um, who's probably driven and motivated to come here and to achieve their goals and then go out into the industry upon graduation. Mm -hmm.
1: Is there any kind of necessity that a student um, have any exposure to the airline or aeronautics industry? I mean, I imagine no. that's challenging to do, but that's the kind of student I get a lot. Like I have to do something that's related.
2: Yeah. You know? So we actually, we, we jokingly say, we'll teach you how to spell airplane to how to land an airplane. <laughs> At Riddle. Um, mm-hmm. So you don't have to have any experience. Like we will teach, you know, students from the ground up in any of their degree programs, um, whether it's engineering or flight or or anything else that we offer. It gives you a little bit of an edge. You know, I'll be honest, if you have some flight experience before coming here, um, but it's not necessary.
1: Right. Unders- not everybody can afford that. Not Correct. everybody can do that uh, without yes. being part of a college. So, yeah. all right. And is there, um, is there a student who shouldn't attend? I mean, you may have already answered this question, but let's, I just want to throw yeah. that out there too. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so I mean, students that probably shouldn't attend would be the ones that are undecided. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we are a private institution, so we're a little bit more costly. Um, There's that that you wanna take into consideration. So if you're just kind of looking for an experience to find yourself, I I wouldn't necessarily say come to Embry-Riddle. You know, Mm -hmm. if you have a general interest in our niche, then yeah, maybe I'm sure you could come here and you could find something that would align. But if you're just kind of winging it, not really sure what you're gonna do, Um, this might not be the best institution
1: for that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So because you're a niche institution, I'm guessing that you're somewhat self-selective, right? So you don't have like the huge numbers of like Mm -hmm. maybe like an Ivy or or even like a University of Michigan. That's my guess. Mm -hmm. But I still, these are very tough majors. So I think it's probably still very tough to get in. Yeah. So let's talk about kind of like like do students have to have calculus or is it at least very helpful? Like what are some of the key things that you look for that Mm -hmm. you're like would really be uneasy about admitting a student if they didn't have these things?
2: Yes. So the biggest um, degree programs where that would come into play would be within our College of Engineering, um, because the engineers are going to have a calculus class every year (laughs) um, and then they're going to have a physics course every year. So we want to at the very least make sure that those students took at least pre-calculus in high school and a a high school level chemistry, preferably physics course. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that way they get here and they're kind of ready for the next step. They're not going to bite off more than they can chew. Um, For any of our other degree programs, surprisingly, you don't have to know a lot of math to be a pilot. Um, so the at least Algebra 2 in high school, if you can take pre-calculus, that's just going to prepare you even more. Um. But where the, the biggest preparation comes into play is for those engineering programs. Mm-hmm.
1: How about computer science? How I mean, at computer science or the computer science-related fields that you have, mm-hmm. at most institutions, those are skyrocketing in selectivity. They might even be more selective <laughs> than engineering. Mm-hmm. Kind of curious how that works at your institution.
2: Yeah, so for us, we're not anticipating not experiencing that yet where we're seeing the biggest growth is in the students that want to be the pilots and the aerospace engineers Um, so you know those programs are becoming more selective in our admissions process Um, but those are really the only two ones right now
1: okay so computer science students here's an opportunity yeah (laughs) (laughs) a school that's well regarded for stem and uh, like maybe this is a program that's not impossible to get into so that's Mm -hmm. great Um, so tell me a little bit, like we have just maybe a couple minutes left. So tell me a little bit about campus life. I mean, these Mm. institutions are so different. They're smaller. They're very intense. You know, the students who attend, I think are probably super passionate about the field. So it's going to feel a little different from like your rah-rah kind of traditional campus. So let's talk about that a little. Yeah.
2: So, um, that's a great question. I love this campus because I love, um, our students are so active on both of our residential campuses. So something that's so special about our university is because of our niche and our shared interest, every student on campus kind of has that commonality. You know, they all like space, or they all like stars or rockets or or airplanes or um, CSI type stuff. And because of that commonality, there's a lot of shared interest and there's lots of it's easy for our students to make friends. And I can kind of attest to this because I went to this university, I went to this campus specifically um, when I did my undergraduate degree. And um, you just find people who, like the same kind of nerdy things that you do when you're here at ember at all mm-hmm. and we've got you know over 200 clubs and organizations at both of our residential campuses and those are professional organizations to kind of advance you and look good on your resume there's fraternities and sororities we've got intercollegiate athletic teams we've got intramural sports um and then we have just fun silly clubs you know there's been a harry potter club there's been a Nerf club mm-hmm. um out here in Arizona, we're in a very outdoorsy type of community, so there's a kayak club, there's a hiking club, um, there's lots of great things. You know, I'm sure there's a surf club at our Daytona Beach campus.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, there's just lots of great things to do outside of the classroom, and that commonality kind of ties our students together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I always, I, um, I love that you called it nerdy. I personally think nerd is a compliment. Who I agree. The world? I like, absolutely I mean, Bill agree. Bill Gates, big nerd, big nerd. He's been pretty successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like embrace the nerd, embrace mm-hmm. your inner nerd is something that I tell students and that's often how you're going to get the most out of college.
2: And I think that's so nice for this because the students that are interested in a school like Embry-Riddle in these types of fields, They are the nerdy ones, you know, and maybe in high school or growing up, they felt a little different because of that, but then they come here and they're with their people and we just see them kind of flourish, which is really unique. Mm -hmm. Okay.
1: All right. Great. Any last things, like any, anything that I haven't asked that you're like, oh, they have to know this about Embry-Riddle. If not, Um, that's okay. But yeah. You know,
2: I would just add that we're so much more than aviation and aerospace and lots of people don't realize that, you know, and we provide a great learning environment with hands-on opportunities to come get a degree and have some fun and get the full-on college experience and then go be successful upon graduation. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Okay. All right. Great. All right, Liz, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. So we're going to be taking a break now, but when we return, I'll be talking with Joy Brown of George Fox College.
3: Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts.
0: Hey everyone, it's Ian from College Coach reminding you that summer is a great time to focus on college planning before your students get busy with schoolwork and application deadlines in the fall. We are offering 10% off an admissions advising package from College Coach through the month of June. Make your way to getintocollege.com fill out an inquiry form, and you'll receive more information about our packages. This offer expires on Friday, June 30th, so make your way to getintocollege.com today.
2: In every college application, there's that moment of pause before a student hits send. Is this my best work? With Bright Horizons College Coach, your student will hit submit with confidence. We take the guesswork out of applying to college. Students get help with everything from essays, summer planning and visits, to testing strategy, merit aid, and more. As for our results, 100% of students have earned acceptances, nearly all to one of their top choice goals. Visit getintocollege.com experts to learn more.
3: Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you.
0: You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q&A segment or to suggest an idea for a future segment, please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back,
1: everyone. Now we have Joy Brown of George Fox College. Or I'm sorry, is it George Fox University? I should have written down the whole thing.
4: Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. So this is part of our niche colleges segment and a niche we have, there's lots of wonderful niche colleges and we were really interested in talking to someone who did have experience at um, Christian colleges, you know, and not one of these colleges that's sort of historically Christian, but where faith is still an important part of the school environment. So I was wondering if you could start by just Telling us about George Fox College and, and kind of how being a Christian college plays into that.
4: Yeah, definitely. And I've been at two Christian colleges. So George Fox, obviously a more regional based institution. Mm-hmm. And then I also worked um, and attended Pepperdine University, which uh, is obviously more of a national brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe people don't realize that it is really distinctly Christian. Mm-hmm. Um but so yeah, having those two experiences at um, Christian colleges. But yeah, George Fox is located in Newburgh, Oregon. Um, it's a smaller uh, Christian liberal arts college. Um, Newburgh's about 45 minutes outside of Portland. Um, we also have a number of graduate programs um, in healthcare, education, business. Um, Some of our largest undergrad programs are nursing, business, and engineering, so a little different from a number of other smaller Christian uh, liberal arts colleges in that way. Um, We were founded uh, by the Quaker uh, religious tradition, and we remain uh, really committed to the Christian mission today, um, and that plays out on campus in a number of ways, but not all of our students um, have to identify as Christian to attend, although they do represent uh, the majority on campus, certainly.
1: Mm -hmm. And so how like how does it play it on campus and how might it like how might it play out for a student who wasn't Christian, um, but obviously is open to being around the faith and maybe even learning more about it. But I'm just interested in hearing more about it. And if you want to contrast it with Pepperdine as well, I think that's great. Like really what I'm trying to get at here is who should I be recommending to these schools? (laughs) Like I think I know, but I want to make sure that I know.
4: Yeah, definitely. Um I mean, at George Fox and at Pepperdine, there's really two ways that all students experience the Christian mission. Um as part of the kind of curriculum and uh, designed experience. And that's going to be through chapel um, or sometimes known as convocation. um, And then also through theology classes. Um, So these are regardless of a student's faith or background with faith, um, they're going to experience those. They are taught from a Christian uh, biblical perspective and worldview. Um, I think, I think what's really unique about a Christian college or or just the experience and, you know, contrast to uh, a non-sectarian institution Mm -hmm. um, is the, you know, a lot of our students come from Christian homes, have grown up going to church. And this might be the first time, especially if they've only gone to public school, um, that they're examining this critically in an academic Mm -hmm. context, um, maybe questioning, uh, you know, their faith and, you know, what they've been raised in for the first time, hearing other perspectives, whether that is from uh, students from other faiths or no faith or just students from other christian traditions mm-hmm. um, I mean, there is a, a you know a vast diversity um on our campus of different christian faiths um so i think students who who really want to to dive in um, and explore their faith alongside um mostly other christians i think the experience for A non-Christian, like you said, um, I think it's, you know, I always try to tell students, you you do need to be open um, to to faith in order to, I think, have a positive experience here because, um, you know, there's only really those two ways that it is formalized, um, but it is really common to to have conversations about faith in non-theology classes as well. Um, All of our faculty do sign a statement of faith, um, and so all of their professors um, are practicing Christians.
1: Mhm. So I love what you said about it being an opportunity to examine your faith. Like that's a piece of it that I'd sort of never really thought about before that people coming from different branches, different types of Christian traditions will come and encounter people who don't necessarily do things the same way they do, right? But everybody has a sort of core faith in common, right? So yeah. I think that's wonderful.
4: Yeah, for the most part. Again, we do have students who, you know, don't come from Christian backgrounds and Mm -hmm. this might be their first introduction to that. But I don't think I I think there is enough variation um, among the rest of our Christian students that um, there is there is space for those students to feel included. And and like they have something important, um, really important to add to that conversation. Mm
1: -hmm. And it sounds like they are invited into the conversation as well. Um, Definitely. Even if somebody was to say, well, I'm an atheist or I'm a Muslim, like they're invited into the conversation. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's very exciting. So... Beyond the fact that it's a Christian college, let's just talk specifically about George Fox and then maybe transition to Pepperdine. Like, what kind of a student would thrive at George Fox? Like, who do you, I mean, you mentioned that it's regional, you mentioned some of the programs. Like, who might be especially drawn to George Fox, and who do you think would really thrive there?
4: Yeah, I think specifically looking in the Pacific Northwest, like, if that's, you know, a student's goal of where they want to end up, there really aren't that many schools like George Fox there there are a handful mm-hmm. um you know I think it is a like I said it is a little bit unique in that some of our strongest programs are nursing and engineering mm-hmm. so uh you know not as true to a mm-hmm. traditional liberal arts college um and they're really great programs and our students you know end up, in great placements after graduation and have great outcomes um in all areas, but especially mm-hmm. those since that's what the majority of students are doing. Um, I think I have heard
1: professors- you have great education too. I apologize for interrupting, yeah. but I heard that from one of my colleagues who lives in Portland.
4: Yeah, no, I our professors are uh great and definitely experts in their fields. Um, And have great, great networks that they can connect our students with. I think our proximity to Portland, too, you know, a lot of industries near there, um, a lot of places for students to land after graduation. um, And it's just, you know, a fun city. And I think Mm -hmm. a lot of our students and families um, appreciate that we're a little bit outside of Portland, Mm -hmm. um, but also that there is that proximity to an airport um, and to, you know, all the positive things that a major city. Right. Companies like Nike, et cetera, Mm -hmm. are not far.
1: Right. So, yeah. 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 I'm guessing too, that there's just a strong, I mean, I find that colleges that are not enormous sometimes have a particularly strong sense of community. And I'm kind of guessing that George Fox really has that.
4: Definitely. Yeah. Um, I think that goes along definitely with the the Christian environment as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there is an emphasis on, on fellowship and community. Um, I'd say that really starts in the residence halls. Um, you know, that's really where that's cultivated for the first time. All students are required to live on campus for their first two years. Um, but yeah, it's really common for students to participate in in small groups and at, uh, you know, different clubs and organizations. Um on campus, we have a lot of service opportunities that students partake in as well, which again I'd say is is rooted in that that Christian mission.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. All right, great. And so, I mean, often niche colleges are a little less selective because it doesn't mean that they don't have very strong students, but they're really appealing to a narrower band. They don't have everybody applying. So I'm just kind of hoping you could just sort of briefly talk about like maybe what you might need to be successful as an applicant to George Fox. I know Pepperdine is a whole nother ball of wax. So we're only (laughs) talking about George Fox for this moment. Yeah,
4: Yeah, definitely. Very, very different Mm -hmm. um, experiences. Um, Yeah, no, we, we, we would not be considered a, a selective institution. We do admit the majority of students who apply. Um, yeah, I'd say students are fairly self-selective at that point, right? And at, at that point, they're mm-hmm. indicating to us that they probably are a good fit um, for George Fox, at least on that, that community side and student life side. Um, I think George Fox does a pretty good job through our marketing of of saying this is this is who we are, you know, mm-hmm. unap- unapologetically, it's not gonna be for everyone, which uh, you know, any any niche college isn't going to be, of course um as far as admissions um generally we look for students to have above a 3.0 um, in their academic coursework um, and we feel like those are the students who are able to succeed academically here um we don't require test scores um we don't even require an essay or letters of recommendation so have really tried to remove as many barriers as possible um, for students in that application process um our admission counseling team is great and i think it's honestly nice having a smaller applicant pool. I'm comparing this to a place like Pepperdine. Um, it's all relative, but, um, to where we are able to work really closely with most of our students, Mm -hmm. um, which is just, again, coming from a place, uh, like that. I also worked at Lewis and Clark college, which had a higher volume of applications. Um, it is really nice. And again, I just think an extension of our, our Christian mission, our, you know, our commitment, um, is that every student will be known, um, Mm -hmm. personally, spiritually, and academically. Um, and it's cool that we're able to, to really start that genuinely in the admissions and application process.
1: I'm guessing that though that like engineering and nursing are probably more selective within like you might have some higher standards, at least in terms of some specific courses like math and physics for engineering, biology, and probably math for nursing too. right mm-hmm. like, um, is that accurate to say.
4: Yeah, so when students, uh, before they start over the summer, they take a math placement test for some of those majors, um, but they work really, really closely with their uh, career and academic planning coach um, on, you know, knowing their prerequisites and the courses that they're going to have to take. And yeah, for a number of those students, it means finding a different a different path, but we do have, uh, we have over 60 programs, so there are a lot of opportunities for them. Mm-hmm.
1: So a student might still get in, but just not into the nursing program, for example.
4: Correct. Yeah, they um, are technically a pre-nursing student mm-hmm. until they've completed all the prereqs um, and they just have to maintain a 3.0 GPA in mm-hmm. those prereqs, um, which also is a little bit unique from a lot of the other nursing programs around us. And um, that we're a direct admit program. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a certain number of spots that you're competing for. You're really just competing with yourself academically. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's nice because for a student who maybe didn't have the best high school program, it's not too late. They can go to college and really do well. And some students that's when they start to do well is in college. Now I have one last question. Um, Is, is, um, a lot of students think that community service is required to get into college, and I always assure them no, that's actually not true. Yeah, it's, an, it's a great option. Absolutely, 100% community service is a wonderful option, but is it required? No. It's just one of many great options. But I thought maybe Christian colleges feel differently. So was hoping to hear from you if if there's any particular community service requirement at either George Fox or Pepperdine, actually
4: yeah so at george fox, um we don't have any requirements, neither does pepperdine um as far as admission um in in you know we do accept the common app, so we would see that, but on our internal application um we would have a place to list it, um but it's really not a big consideration, like I said in the in the admissions process Mm -hmm. and application process. Um, At Pepperdine, I would say there definitely is a bigger emphasis on that um, and looking at those extracurricular uh, involvements, definitely, uh, you know, wanting to see uh, students who are, you know, taking the time to participate in activities that are are not just self-serving, um, but are, you know, because that's a big part of the student experience and is really incorporated into that. And so um, it's helpful to know who might be a good fit by seeing students who have already participated in that. Um, you know, at Pepperdine, we would see a lot of students who, uh, you know, maybe started their own nonprofits or, uh, you know, in especially in the christian spaces mission trips are are really common and those are opportunities that they have on campus as well so Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but definitely not not a requirement
1: okay not a requirement but helpful Mm -hmm. at at pepperdine at george fox not you know okay um any last thing that you wish i'd asked you about like any one last thing that you might want to mention that i should have brought up
4: um no, I mean I would just, you know, your question about who would be a good student, a good fit for for George Fox. I think um again, just students who want to to be in that type of environment with like-minded folks, but also students who are going to challenge them, professors who are going to challenge them. Um I think parents might be excited to hear maybe that we've been ranked as the worst party school in Oregon. <laughs> Um, I thought so that I, was
1: I thought that was read like, across the river,
4: <laughs> like in different ways. I think, yeah, in a different um, ways. <laughs> but, but I mean, just gives you the idea, obviously, of the types of things that our students are are participating in, and right. uh, just you know entering into that community um, here. So, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> I love that. I love that. That
1: was a wonderful touch. So thank, you very, <laughs> thank you very much for that. All right, so. um, Thank you so much. That was really, really helpful. And um, so we're going to take a break now. And when I return, I'll be talking with Jan Combs, college coach, finance expert, about all the paperwork you have to fill out when your kid goes to college. (laughs) Thank you so much.
3: Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today.
0: College admissions can be stressful, but Bright Horizons College Coach is here to help. Our college experts, who worked in admissions and financial aid at some of the nation's most selective institutions, offer ethical, customized assistance based on each student's individual strengths and interests. Students receive one-on-one guidance throughout the process, and our 100% success rate means all of our students have been accepted to college. Visit GetIntoCollege.com to learn more.
3: Want to see what Voice America is up to behind the scenes? Behind doors. Follow us on TikTok at Voice America Talk Radio.
0: You are listening to Getting In, a college coach conversation. To submit a question for an upcoming listener Q and A segment, or to suggest an idea for a future segment. Please send an email to gettingin.voiceamerica at gmail.com. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back, everyone, and welcome, Jan. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Sally. All right. So it is true that parents have to fill out a lot of paperwork. And sometimes yes. students, let's be fair, yes. when their kid goes to college, I actually have a pretty distinct memory of all the paperwork I was supposed to fill out and panicking <laughs> and just dumping it on my mom's desk. <laughs> she she went through it and then gave me back the parts that I had to do and was right. like, you, you have to fill these out because I was like, ah, this is too much. um so anyway let's let's kind of dive right in like what uh like what what kinds of paperwork are we talking about
5: and there's a lot and some of it might be old-fashioned paperwork as you say Mm -hmm. and some of it will very much be online okay Mm -hmm. so we're talking about paperwork it could be either scenario but certainly there's a lot of financial related tasks and paperwork that families together will need to address and then I'm also going to recommend really being on top of some health related paperwork and tasks as well prior to sending your student off to college
1: so, what are the tasks that the students need to focus on? Like, you know, sure, I, yeah.
5: And <clears throat> I'm glad Mature you said 18 that. Eighteen-year-olds, <laughs> immature eighteen-year-olds,
1: <laughs> having to do this, yeah.
5: And I'm glad you said that because you know I talk to parents all day long, every day, and just this morning someone said, "Oh, so where do I go to sign my student's um, student loan master promissory note?" And I said, "You don't. <laughs> Your yeah. student needs to do that." Yeah. So thank you, actually, for starting there because there. Are certain types of paperwork that the student actually should focus on? Mm -hmm. And so let's start with things related to financial aid first off. And um, if your student did receive financial aid, they would have received a financial aid award letter. So that's the first place to start. Your student needs to log into their financial aid portal and accept their awards. Mm-hmm. Um, usually grants and scholarships because their gift aid are accepted automatically because no one's going to say no to those. But the student needs to go in and physically accept the student loan that was offered to them. And what happens when they do that, it triggers the college to then reach out directly to the student and send them a link um, so that they then can go complete their master promissory note and their entrance counseling. And these are two requirements that students need to do in their freshman year. So the first time that they borrow. And if they don't borrow freshman year, they'll do it for the first time when they do borrow. But essentially, the MPN is a master promissory note. And that is basically a legal document that the student needs to sign. And I say student because the student is the legal borrower. Mm-hmm. So they really should be involved in this process. They mm-hmm. need to know that they are indeed borrowing a student loan. Mm-hmm. And they will log into, basically, they're going to follow the link that this, that the school has provided. But they're logging into the studentaid website and they're going to sign the note saying that yes they understand that they're borrowing a student loan and that they do need to repay that and then as part of that process they then can complete what's called entrance counseling and that's kind of a funny name but essentially it's 10 questions that the student has to answer related to borrowing loans so do you realize that your loan is accruing interest potentially do you realize you need to pay it back so it's 10 simple questions but important questions for the student to understand so first and foremost if your student has financial aid borrowing loans they need to accept the awards in their award letter follow the school's link and directives, complete their master promissory note in their entrance counseling. And this has to be done so that the student loan funds are then dispersed to the student's account. They're not gonna get their money until Mm -hmm. those little tasks are done. So that's a big one from a financial perspective. And then another, you had asked about students specifically, so I'll kind of stick with that, Sally. Another tasks that students can take care of this summer is if they were awarded federal work study as part of their, you know, financial aid package, or if the student wants to get a job, um, a non-work study job, there's plenty of jobs on campus, mm-hmm. you don't have to have a work-study award to find a job. But if your student is working on campus, I highly encourage them to log into the student employment office website at their college, start looking at the job boards, looking at the different listings, and the college will differentiate whether it's a work-study position or a non-work-study. And so your student can begin to kind of sleuth out the appropriate jobs. They can even put in their resume, sometimes in advance, get a sense of what's being offered. Because there's a lot of jobs, but there's a lot of students looking for those jobs. So it's Mm -hmm. nice to get a head start. So I highly recommend kind of looking in advance and not waiting until they've already moved in. If Mm -hmm. they're really keen on getting a job, it's nice to kind of start early. And then the last thing that... Just
1: a quick tip. If you want a job where you can study late nights in the library, yep that's a perfect
5: perfect (laughs) suggestion and also working at the athletic center I see a lot of those kids you know they're just doing the gate and they're studying
1: go ahead and swipe Um, your card I'm reading my biology textbook yeah
5: yep, basically versus like food services you're going to be on the go so Mm. depending on the type of job that you're looking for and if you want to multitask that might drive you in a certain direction Mm -hmm. So I love that tip. And the last (laughs) tip for students specifically, and of course, parents, I like to remind parents that all of the communication from the school goes directly to the student. And the reason for that is privacy laws through FERPA. And so included in that is the actual college bill. Mm -hmm. So the first bill likely isn't going to land up land in your mailbox, likely it's being electronically sent to the student Mm -hmm. or they're getting an email saying, hey, kiddo, check your portal and print out your bill. So parents really are reliant on the student to either log in or print it out from their email to get that first bill. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of parents don't realize that even though they're probably paying the bill, it's not going to be sent to them. So that's another task for the student really to be on top of is getting that first bill and future bills as well Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and sending those over to their parents.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so I think we've wrapped up the stuff the students should be doing. But so what do parents need to be thinking about? Or what are things that parents and students both need to do together?
5: Yeah, sure. So I think a lot of it they can and should do together. So kind of continuing that conversation about the bill. So the student gets the bill, shares it with a parent, but then together they really need to make a plan, right? Um, You know, make, again, making sure the student has done their student loan paperwork, if that's, something that they're taking out. Um, The parent needs to, with the student, decide who's covering what. Is the student working in the summer? And is the parent expecting them to use their summer earnings to cover personal expenses? I did that with my two oldest. They knew Mm -hmm. personal expenses are on you. So don't spend all your summer earnings. So having those conversations about who's covering what. Mm -hmm. And then once that's decided, does the parent need to or want to sign up for a payment plan? A lot of those um, you know if you do want to pay kind of incrementally paying in installments it's a wonderful way of paying the bill but a lot of those plans kind of start now so if that's something you're interested in doing check the work the website excuse me of the college to see what payment plan options they offer the majority of colleges have them and some have multiple options uh, but many of them do start you know collecting payments now so that would be Mm -hmm. an action item kind of sooner than later Um, if parents And students need to take out additional loans now is also the time to start exploring the different loan options that are available does the parent want to be the borrower and use the federal plus loan or does the parent want to be the borrower and borrow through a private institution like a bank or credit union or are they looking for the student to borrow and serve as a co-signer on those credit based loans so lots of options and i do encourage families to look at the website of the college where your student is attending most colleges have very good information on their website related to loan options Um, and sometimes they even have recommended lender lists that can get them started so um, that's a great place to start so really more about those financial things how you're going to pay the bill coordinating and setting expectations right is a big part of it as well
1: Mm -hmm. and then What about, I mean, that's a lot to think about related to the money piece of things. What about like health and wellness, stuff like that?
5: Yeah, and that there's a lot with that too. So let me try to go through some of the things that were, I guess, really top of mind for me. And I will preface it that I sent my two oldest off, and they were both playing football in college. So So health and wellness wellness is important. Yeah. Yeah. So health and wellness was really top of mind for me, but I think it should be. I encourage it to be top of mind for everyone, um, because you just never know what will happen in college. And and I do find that being prepared, um, both I think mentally as well as having any paperwork in place, is really important when we're talking about health and wellness. We Mm -hmm. all want to make sure our kids are safe, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot to think about. And then there are some tasks as well related to paperwork that the the college is actually going to require of your student as well. So let me touch on that as well. So I have a little little list here of kind of the important things related to health and wellness. And the first would be that colleges do require your student to share a copy of their physical as well as their vaccination records. And this typically has to be done prior to allowing the student to re- register for their classes. I'm pretty sure that both of mine kids had a, like a July 1 deadline for that, so please make sure your student, um, or if the student's on the line, please make sure you're you're referring to all of the communication coming from the college. You'll definitely need a physical and immunization records. Most colleges will just have you upload them through the health services portal, uh, but I definitely know some have you mail them in, <laughs> mail or fax them in as well, so that's something to take care of sooner than later. Another thing to take care of sooner than later is deciding whether or not your student needs the college sponsored health insurance plan. So by law, colleges need to know that their students are insured. And so they're automatically going to bill them for college sponsored health insurance. And it can be two to three to $4,000 for the entire year. So it's a lot. Many families have health insurance, right? For their children. And so they don't they don't necessarily need the college-sponsored one. If they don't need it, they absolutely can waive it. And there's a health insurance waiver form right online, typically at the college. And your student, um, and I'm just going to say this, usually the deadline is July 1 or somewhere around there. Um, so this is an action item for sooner than later. Yeah. Um, if you have appropriate insurance, it's going to cover your student, you know, regardless of where they're studying, for example, you can waive it. And there's a form online. Your student just has to indicate their the uh, company that they have coverage through and their policy number, and then they can waive it, and then the college will take that charge off of their bill. And again, mm-hmm. it can be pretty hefty, so definitely something to look into, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say that I every college I worked
1: at like would fudge the deadline a tiny bit. And I, I yep. doesn't mean you should wait, but I mention it because this is not gonna go out until the twenty ninth. So they're literally going to have like two days. So, yeah. yeah.
5: Exactly. And I think most reasonable college offices will say, sure, absolutely. i just like to point it out that it's one mm-hmm. of those things that it's kind of a sooner than later thing. But mm-hmm. you're right. If you're listening to this and it's, mm-hmm. and it's you know, right around the first, absolutely go online. And if not, just ask. Just call the health services office and say, listen, I really don't need this insurance. Yeah. And most are going to be reasonable for sure. Yeah. So good point on that, Sally. And so those are more like kind of paperwork, so to speak, tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I just have some, if we have time, I have some recommendations as to really how to prepare your child to remain safe and things mm-hmm. that you can do in advance in order to help that in the event that, you know, they run into a health issue while they're on campus. hmm So the first one, and again, it's kind of sprung to mind for me when I was sending two football players off, but I made sure that I had a health proxy form filled out for both of my children. You will also hear this referred to as a medical power of attorney. They're essentially the same thing. It's a legal document that gives the agent, and this would be, it could be a parent, The opportunity to speak with doctors. So there's a HIPAA form that needs to be signed as well, giving you the ability to have conversations about someone's medical specifics. And then the health proxy allows you to actually make decisions on behalf of your student in the event that they cannot. So certainly it doesn't come into play if they're able to make their own decisions, they're 18, they're adults, but in the event that they can't, that's where the health proxy would fall into place, and the agent would be able to make decisions. So it is important, in my opinion, to have this in place um, in the awful situation where you had to kind of step in and advocate um, for your student medically. One thing to note, that the majority of colleges will have these forms on their website. So they'll have HIPAA and they'll have health proxies on their website. If they don't, most pediatricians also have them. If not, your state um, Department of Health or Department of Public Health typically has these forms. So that's where you find them. In many cases, they have to be witnessed. So two people might have to sign after you and your child are signing. And sometimes they have to be notarized as well. So it does take some time. It's not something you do in the parking lot when you're dropping your kid right, off. Right. <laughs> so you do need to think ahead for that. Um, and the other thing I'll mention related to the, this type of paperwork is if your student is studying in a different state than you reside, you might have to do two sets. Um, I had to because my student resided in a different state and they had a different form and different rules and different language. Um, So if your student's not in the same state, just something to think about. So I know it sounds like a lot, um, but the forms aren't actually that long (laughs) once you have them. I'm sorry. So, Jan, I have to
1: cut you off there, but thank you so much. That's really helpful. All right. So be sure to join us next week when we'll be talking about what you need to know about student loan repayment. So that's a big topic. And we'll also be talking with Tim Matthews of the Honors College at SUNY Buffalo. Um, I really think honors colleges at public universities are wonderful options for students. So be sure to listen in. And last, remember, you don't have to listen to our shows live. Every show is accessible 24-7 on the Voice America website. And don't forget, we're here every Thursday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Getting In, a College Coach Conversation. New episodes drop every Thursday. The goal of this show is to demystify the college admissions process for families around the globe. To help with this mission, please leave a review and share with your friends. And to learn more about Bright Horizons College Coach, visit getintocollege.com.